Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, let me just pray before we start. Jesus, I thank you that you are here with us in our sung worship. You're also here with us as we turn to your, to your scriptures. And I just pray that as we turn to your scriptures together in this building for the last time this year, that you would deposit in each one of us something that is going to shape us as we move into this festive season and into the year ahead. I just pray that you take the words that I speak and you would, make them land and communicate something to each one of us in this room that there be something that's richly given and received by each one of us that comes straight from your heart straight from your mind straight from your presence jesus that we might be shaped and formed into your image in jesus name amen 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 so when a as Lydia's kind of raised the bar a bit, I'm going to try and make sure this is not very good. So then when we go into 2024, it can be even better. Um, just to lower the edge, I'm just joking. This will be hopefully good. So this is our last part of our Christmas series. We looked at um, how Christmas came home and Christmas at home. Um, so we focus first of all on how Jesus is home and he is the place that we call home. And although he was born and was this baby in a, in a manger, um, that he... He was the place of home for all those who came to meet him and that we remember at this, this time of year. And so whether that's Mary and Joseph, who found peace in the middle of a crazy set of storms that were going on, whether with their kind of the journey up to that point, um, to not finding room in the inn, to, to kind of having to flee because of Herod, all this kind of stuff that Jesus became that place of peace for them, that place of peace that they find in themselves, that inner peace, despite the chaos that can sometimes be all around us. And then secondly, we had the shepherds, and we, we looked at um, a blog I shared last week about um, how the perception of shepherds through time is kind of, uh, has changed, that when we look at the kind of patriarchs, the shepherds were seen as the kind of pinnacle of society. They, 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 they were the ones that we associated with regularly regularly through that but then actually through time as Israel moved into Egypt the perception of the shepherds changed and they became despised and looked down on and we build up to the time but then it kind of increased again with David where the perception again it's become this kind of king kind of standard of what it means to be a shepherd and then we drop again and we build into the point where the shepherds come to see Jesus and their status in society probably isn't that high but at this point they find a new sense of identity that they as shepherds are invited to be one of only a few at the birth of Jesus and therefore it raises again what it means to be a shepherd and why is that important because what it re reveals to us is something of the father heart of God the, the, the shepherding heart of God to care and look after and protect his, his flock so we have this kind of idea that that Mary and Joseph found inner peace in the middle of storms as they came home to Jesus, that the shepherds found a new sense of identity or a new, at least, perception of their identity as they came home to Jesus. So we've got this idea of inner peace and identity and knowing who we are as we kind of look at this, this kind of moment in the church calendar. With the wise men or the magi or the three kings or the many kings, whatever we decide to number them as, I think there's something really different and I think there's something really interesting and um, 
I think it's to do with purpose, call and destiny. Which is a strange thing to say at Christmas. That's not usually the message we talk about at Christmas. And usually the message we talk about at Christmas is quite comforting and quite festive and Christmassy feel good and all those kind of things. What I want to share this morning, I hope we'll have those things deep within them, but actually in theory it could be quite unsettling. Because there's an interesting thing with the wise men, the magi, the kings, that I think just challenges us in what we're looking for at Christmas. In a good way, but it still is a challenge to us. That I want to talk about how there's an unsettling call to home. That Jesus is home. He's our place of safety, our place of security. When Mary and Joseph were with Jesus, they found a sense of peace in the middle of life storms. When the shepherds came to Jesus' day, they, they, they found a fresh sense of identity. But there's also this sense of a core we all have inside of us. Whether we've known Jesus for our entire lives or whether we're brand spanking new Christian and knowing him for the first time, there's a call to somewhere beyond perhaps what we see and perceive around us. There's a call to home. And that home is Jesus, but that home might not be the physical place we find ourselves standing right now. And I think there's a call that resonates with what the shepherds, so what the wise men did as, as we look at them here. And it's just interesting, there's almost this whisper that causes beyond the now and into something that's not quite yet. We sense it's there, but it's not quite yet. Or there's a, a dissatisfaction with the way things are right now because we have this weird sense of something more. Why do we think, for example, that ill health is not okay? Generally, whatever our belief around healing is, there's something in us that goes, it doesn't feel good to be unwell. Or that person that's experiencing that sickness, that just doesn't feel right. Or why do we feel that the sense of desire for situations that we see as unjust to change? Because there's something in us that says that situation is not right. Because there's this call, isn't there? There's this call, this sense of awareness. Actually, there's something beyond what I'm experiencing right now. There's something beyond this that's calling me into what's next whether that's in our personal relationships, whether that's in our health, whether that, that's in our um, families, whether that, that's in our churches or even our nation or our cities. There's something that, there's just something not quite right about the way things are right now and that call, that dissatisfaction with the things now and calling us into what's ahead. There's a tension between what's been accomplished now and what we know is, is kind of to come. We know this isn't the finished thing. We know that this moment right now, as we see things in our world, in our communities, in our neighbourhoods, in our homes, we know this isn't the way it's going to end. We know that there's more. We know there's something beyond this. And sometimes there's a frustration because what we sense we can't see, but we know there's that, that, that something more. It, it's the same thing that caused Jesus to endure the cross. That he knew that his action now was not just for now, but it was for something beyond that he lived in such a way was that actually <coughs> I'm not just here for here and now I'm here for beyond here and now 
I'm here for 2,000 years into the future in a, for a building in the middle of Spawn End with a few people sitting in the room. I'm here for that moment too. That he saw beyond where it was right now and it caused him to endure the pain and the agony of the cross. It's what made Paul say, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. There's this sense of actually, what I'm experiencing now, now isn't the fullness of what is I'm going to experience one day. Mm. That they, all of this stuff just kind of communicates this thing of actually, there's a, a sense of potential unsettling and dissatisfaction with the now that calls us into something beyond. It's the old adage thing of um, nowadays, and it, it frustrates me sometimes with my kids, that... that they see boredom as a bad thing because we live in a society where you're never really allowed to be bored because I will guarantee you most of us in this room will sit on a on a train or in a room and we're waiting for something to happen and that we get our phone out or we do something to fill the space the boredom because it's this idea of dissatisfaction with what is now we we cram stuff into it the even the birth of Jesus that we celebrate this time of year tells us of something that is now, but not yet. That Jesus was born, he lived, he did these astonishing miracles, this, this amazing stuff, and yet he then left. He didn't stay, he didn't remain, he left. Because he said, I've done all this stuff, but actually there's more to come. And it's this call beyond to what's ahead. This longing, this, this yearning for, okay, there's more to this. And I think when we look at the Magi, the, the kings, the, the wise men, I think we see people that embodied that and bizarrely embodied that at this time of year. That kind of desire for something beyond what they've currently experienced. And so if you just, if you want to, if you just want to turn to Matthew 2, I'm going to just read the, the, from Matthew the passage about the three kings, the wise men coming. And I want to pull out a few ideas about this idea of call, this unsettling call to home. And it says this in verse 1, Matthew 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and I've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may go and worship him, worship him too. After they had heard, heard the king, they, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose and went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming into the house, they saw the child was with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented to him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So you've got these three kings, you've got these three wise men, you've got these potentially more than three 
but these magi that are coming along. And the only reason they are coming to see Jesus is because they've seen a star. They weren't told by, by angels like the shepherds were. Mm. They weren't even divinely warned in a dream to go and see. They saw a star. So then we have to ask ourselves, why did they see a star? Because these magi have spent their lifetime studying the stars. And they've studied the stars because they believe in the stars. The stars communicate to them the wishes and the desires of the gods. And so they, they, they poured their resources into understanding these kind of celestial beings, these celestial bodies in the sky to know what is it that the gods want. The, these men or communities of men were incredibly wealthy, incredibly affluent, had power and influence and yet were not satisfied with that. Why? Because they felt a call of something beyond. They felt the need to use their resources, their influence, their power to go, we need to find out more than what we've got right now. What we've got right now isn't enough. We need to know, in their words, what are the desires or the wishes of the gods. So we need to study the stars mm -hmm. to find that out. We need to study the stars because they're responding to this call, this unsettling call to home. At the, that point in time, they've got no idea that it's Jesus. They've got no idea what is really going on with this thing, but they know there's something more. They know that they're longing for that something more. That they clearly have studied the text. They know what the Hebrew scriptures talk about, what the Torah, the prophecies talk about. They know these things because they're hungry for more. They want more than they have. They're not just settling in their empire that they built of massive wealth and power and influence. They're hungry for more because something has caught them. As they're looking at the stars, something's caught them. Something's even led them to look at the stars. They want to know more. And we see it again that they traveled, some people reckon, from India to Bethlehem, which is about four and a half thousand kilometers. Today, that would take you 53 days to walk, and that's today. That's probably better roads than there would have been back in Jesus' time. So the point is, these men are not just passingly kind of like, oh, it'd be interesting to find that out. They are responding to an unsettling call to home, to something beyond what they're experiencing right now. They've seen it, then they've got, okay, that means we need to go there. We need to travel the four and a half thousand kilometers to where that star is going to land us. We need to travel this distance to find out. We need to use our resources, our wealth, our power to do this at least 53 day walk. Maybe, maybe longer than that, probably longer than that. They were looking for something. They felt a call, a wooing to something beyond what they were experiencing right now. And it's just interesting when we look at these, they, 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 they traveled, they brought gifts, they, they recognized there's something significant about this moment, something that, that matched the call they felt on the inside of them to go and search for something more. And they brought gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh, gold to represent the, 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 the kind of, that he's the king of the Jews. This baby we're seeing, this maybe some reckon up to two year old child that we're seeing, um, is royalty and we want to bring gold to represent that or they and so and they they bring frankincense which is to re recognize his divinity that this isn't just a normal 
baby. This isn't just a normal royal child. This is a divine being. And then Mer, fascinatingly, to represent his mortality. That myrrh was what they used when they put Jesus on the cross and they dealt with those kind of things. It represents his mortality. That these kings, these wise men, these magi have seen something and it's called them. And they've gone, okay, we're not just going to travel a long distance. We're not, not just going to use our power and influence to find out what this thing is. We're not just going to tokenistically visit, but we're going to bring these masses of wealth, gold, frankincense and myrrh, to acknowledge the significance of this moment and to show how much it means to us. And I say all of this because... That unsettling call inside those magi, for whatever reason it existed there in the first place, I believe it's God. They didn't allow their power, their wealth, their influence, the distance they needed to travel, or the significance of what they were doing, to stop them from responding to the call. They responded to that call. They travelled the distance. They went that way. They didn't even allow Herod to stop them from going that distance. They, they, they responded to the call. They had the ability, with their power, their wealth and their influence, to numb that sense of unsettling call on the inside of them. That thing that we all feel sometimes that goes, God, I just feel like that's not right. That, that situation's not okay. That person being unwell, like that's not right. Or the city being the way that it is, is not okay. Or, or what's going on in that community is just not right. Or there's just this thing, God, that's calling me. I don't know what it is, but I just feel this kind of, this dissatisfaction with right now. This unsettling thing right now, which is a strange thing to talk about at Christmas. Because Christmas makes you feel warm and cosy and lovely, doesn't it? But actually at the same time, these magi, these three kings had a dissatisfaction. Where we are right now, with all our wealth, with all our power, with all our influence, is not enough. We need to respond to that thing that's beyond us, that baby that we don't even know anything about. But we're going to go and find him. And I think for us, in this room, but also beyond this room, perhaps it's not the most Christmassy of encouragements to us, but... I think the challenge is to, to do what the Magi did and not numb the frustration, not numb the dissatisfaction, not numb the unsettling call to home. That it's so easy, isn't it, whether with social media or whether with, um, kind of, I don't know, food or alcohol or busyness or kind of just refusal to engage, that we kind of just try and quieten down that sense of actually there's something more here or disappointment or fatigue whatever it may be that sometimes we see a situation and we go well i need to change that situation i need to do i need to do something about that that's not okay we have that sense of injustice rise up or that sense of actually it's not meant to be that way and maybe we go after it but maybe it doesn't end up the way we want it to end up so then maybe we find ourselves kind of not wanting to go again and therefore we numb that feeling we we kind of quash that feeling down with maybe with with food may maybe with busyness maybe maybe with social media but the kings the wise men the magi they didn't do that they didn't use their power their wealth and influence to stop them responding to the call but have we become so used to, to dismissing anything that's not nice not comfortable and not settling as though those things are, they can't ever be God. God doesn't cause me to be unsettled. God doesn't cause me to be frustrated. God doesn't cause me to be 
uncomfortable, does he? But maybe he does. Maybe that's what he did on inside the Magi. Because maybe he caused something on this side of them just to go, okay, we did, there's just something with all our stuff that doesn't make sense right now. And so we're going to look at the stars because that, that's all we know. And those stars led them somewhere. Now we don't have to look at the stars. We can look at other things. Mm. But have we used social media, food, alcohol, money, career, success to distract us from the nagging and the setting call that really is calling us to home? Really is calling us to bring heaven to earth? really is calling us to say, until earth looks like heaven, I can't be settling and satisfied. Or do we just numb that down? Until this city looks like heaven, can we be satisfied? And that's hard. I'm not talking about being stressed and panicked and worried because Jesus is, when we looked at Mary and Joseph, brought an inner peace. I'm not talking about losing that. I'm talking about that kind of inner peace that then triggers something that causes us just to, to want to go after something else. Then my prayer this Christmas, all of us, is that we'd know that inner peace. That inner peace that only Jesus can bring. That no matter what circumstances we're facing, on the inside we just know peace that deep rest that only Jesus can bring. My prayer is that this Christmas we find a fresh sense of identity in the same way the shepherds did. That perhaps as we're unwrapping presents, there's a sense of, sense of us being unwrapped into who we actually are mm. and revealing who we actually are. But the third thing I pray is that you'd feel unsettled and did dissatisfied with the way things are now. That there would be moments this Christmas time, and I know you love me, so I'm gonna say this in a way, there'd be moments this Christmas time where with all the joy and the festivities and all that kind of stuff that we would catch a glimpse of something that would go, that's not okay. Mm. It shouldn't be that way. And it could be, incredibly personal to you I'm not talking about I'm not talking just about things like the dissatisfaction about the conflict with Israel and Palestine that obviously is not okay I, that of course it's not and that might be it for you it might be that you know I want to commit myself to pray until that changes and I know many people are doing that but it could it, I don't want to use the word big and small but just for the sake of what I'm talking about it might not be big like that it might be a smaller, a smaller thing that we experience in our home, in our neighborhood, in our workplace, whatever it may be, in our own lives. They're not small, but that thing where we go, actually, no, I'm not settling for that. I remember vividly, and I, I, I will say it because it's, it perhaps will help contextualize what I'm talking about. I remember, all of you will know the story with Neo, but I remember vividly being told that actually it was never going to be allowed. It was impossible, illegal, and would set a bad person for us to have be a long-term option for Neo. Being sat in a meeting and being told by professionals, we can never have him. And I, I remember sitting there and going, nah, that's not gonna happen. Not arrogantly, but because I was dissatisfied with that outcome. It's like, there's no way I'm settling for that. 
and we will fight this the whole way through. Not because we're just stubborn or difficult, but because inside of us we're like, that's not right. It's not right. So we will put our energy and our time and our money and our prayer and our resources, everything we've got into this situation until it corrects, mm. until it looks like heaven on earth. And him being in our house is heaven on earth. And in a similar kind of way, the situations that we see in our city or that we know in our communities, our churches, our neighbours, wherever it may be, we go, that situation is not right. But sometimes it's so hard to live with that. It's hard to live with that feeling of, oh, it's just not right. And so sometimes, because we don't want to keep living with it, we numb it with food, with alcohol, with, with busyness, with all that kind of stuff, it just disappears. And we can live peacefully. Because that's what we're meant to do, isn't it? Live peacefully. But the deep sense of peace, absolutely. But the peace with the circumstances we see, not at all. Jesus said, live at peace as much as you can. As much as you can. Because there's some situations where we're not meant to. Je Jesus didn't. He was incredibly unsettling. And so in a similar kind of situation with Neo, it's like, actually, what is it the things we're facing? What is it the things that, that we know? That ain't right. And we are going to go after that until it changes. Until that situation shifts. Because that, that's what the Magi did. In their own lives, they're like, we're not satisfied with the way things are right now. So we're going to find a solution to that. We're going to study the stars, and we're going to follow the star. We're going to spend our resource, our time, our energies to follow that star. Because in that, there's some sense of peace. In that thing, there's something. But we're going to follow the, we're going to allow ourselves to be unsettled, to be dissatisfied with here and now. And we're going to follow that thing. We're going to go there and that will bring us peace. That resolution will bring us peace. And my challenge to us all is that, that we would be unsettled this Christmas time with situations we see, that we don't numb them with food or festivities, but we allow them to sit with us. And I'm not talking about getting stressed and anxious, not that at all, it's a different thing. Bizarrely, through the whole situation with Neo, I didn't feel particularly stressed or anxious, strangely. I felt a sense of frustration and anger, but I didn't feel stressed and anxious, because I knew this isn't right, God, and therefore we're gonna see this change. So I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about those things we just know. Okay, what is it that I've seen? I'm gonna go after that thing. We are gonna go after that thing. Because we don't do it alone. We didn't do that alone on our, ourselves. But we became the, 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 the arrowhead or, or the front point that, that went into that, knowing we were backed up by people behind us that pushed us into that thing and broke that situation open. In the same kind of way, the situations you are facing, that it's actually you are the arrowhead. But if we don't, if we don't allow ourselves to be unsettled enough to orientate ourselves toward that thing, mm -hmm. then there's no point anyone else pushing. We have to let ourselves get frustrated. We have to let ourselves get irritated, unsettled. That we then put, direct ourselves toward that situation. Okay, that's got to change. And then there's an army that comes behind to go, okay, let's do this together. Let's break that open, whatever that might be. And it could be big in terms of 
scope or it could be small in terms of not many people know about it. But both are just as valid, whatever spectrum it is in between those things. I think that's it. I think that's the point I wanted to land it on. So Jesus, I'll just pray. That you would just, that we would all experience this Christmas the peace that comes from being with you. The inner peace, no matter what our circumstances are, good, bad, indifferent, that we would know inner peace, the inner peace that's past reasoning and explanation, that deep inner peace, we would know that. And secondly, that we would find ourselves in you this Christmas. All the wrapping that gets added on to us that's not really who we are, I just pray that that would be taken off, that we would be unwrapped this Christmas and we would find ourselves as you designed and created us to be. And thirdly, Jesus, I just pray that we would be unsettled and dissatisfied with the way things are now. That you would give us enough of the sense of that righteous frustration that we might go after those things, to see them change, to see heaven come to earth. In Jesus' name, amen.